This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03 on a Thursday afternoon. It is January 6, 2022. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart on the Noon Business Hour. Some of the gadgets on display at this week's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas are the tech equivalent of comfort food. We'll learn more about them in our next segment. Right now, the latest numbers on jobless claims are out as we digest the minutes from the latest meeting of the Federal Reserve. We're joined by David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors and author of the book Understanding Central Banking, based in Denver, Colorado. David, thank you for joining us today. Uh, Yesterday, you could really tell when those minutes came out because uh, the markets went from uh, hovering around the flat line to uh, plummeting rapidly in the last 90 minutes of trading. So my question for you, at least when it comes to not only just understanding central banking, but understanding what they're thinking, is how much of a surprise, when does a a surprise become too much of a surprise? Well, you just defined it perfectly. Uh, Those minutes that were released yesterday uh, were the minutes of that meeting back in mid-December. And uh, there was a hint in that meeting and the press conference after it that the Fed was getting more hawkish, meaning the Fed was getting ready to fight inflation, which is too widespread and too um, uh, too persistent and, um, and was worrying a little bit less, at least, about the uh, uh, di- the latest strain of the virus, uh, what the minutes said, in effect, is we're going all out in that fight against inflation, and that jolted the stock market. Two things really hurt. One was the Fed said we're going to start reducing our huge balance sheet, which is amounts to $9 trillion. Think of this. Before the credit crisis of 2007-2009, the balance sheet was less than a trillion. Now it's nine trillion, and it's added hugely to market liquidity and a lot of speculation. And so, the Fed said we're 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 going to reduce that balance sheet. That surprised the market very much. And secondly, they said, look out, we may in fact increase interest rates more than expected this year. The market was looking for three rate hikes. I'm making a bet on the possibility we could get six or seven rate hikes this year, one at every single policy meeting. And then when it comes to uh, reducing the balance sheet, you know, for for laymen who hear that term and just don't know what it means, uh, how is that? How how will the Fed reduce its balance sheet over the course of 2022? Well, in essence. The Fed is holding a lot of securities. They've been buying huge amounts of securities to to keep the market calm uh, and to provide enough liquidity. When the Fed the Fed holds Treasury securities and uh, mortgage backed securities in that balance sheet, 
the way they let that balance sheet decline is letting those securities mature without replacing them. And that means when the balance sheet falls, there's less market liquidity. And when there's less market liquidity, there's less money to buy stocks. And if the Fed starts letting that balance sheet fall faster than the street thinks it was going to do, that means trouble for the stock market, which is exactly what happened. So when you combine a declining Fed balance sheet, it does sound technical, but it's very important. It's the source of really all the liquidity we have in the economy. When they start reducing that and at the same time raising interest rates more than expected, that was inevitably going to cause a shock to the stock market. And I don't think that shock is over yet. Thanks for joining us. David Jones, Chairman DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado. Coming up, checking out some of the hot devices at the Consumer Electronics Show, including the Next Generation TV. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Some of the gadgets on display at this week's Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas are the tech equivalent of comfort food, which is a very interesting uh, piece of terminology to help us uh, define uh, comfort food or tech comfort food. We welcome in Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today, founder and editor-in-chief of Techish.com, following the Consumer Electronics Show remotely today because the CES, although it's uh, in Las Vegas, many years ago it used to be in Chicago, but it's in Las Vegas, but uh, a lot of vendors and a lot of uh, people following it are now doing so remotely because of the uh, Omicron variant of COVID-19. So Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. Uh, When we say tech comfort food, Food, what are you talking about? Well, I will admit I made that term up when I went hands-on with a bunch of the latest gadgets debuting at this year's CES 2022. It's like all the, it's just like comfort food, but gadgets. It's what you know, it's what you love, but slightly tweaked to make you feel even better about all the time that we're spending with them. So case in point here, Lenovo's latest ThinkPad Z13, it's really top of the line uh, laptop for the Zoom generation. So reimagined for the Zoom generation and a more hybrid workforce. Uh, The communication bar at the top of the screen allows for a larger camera, dual array microphones, Dolby Voice and Atmos speaker system delivering really immersive audio. And then this year, a lot of the companies said, hey, we're doubling down on tech to save the planet. So uh, stain-resistant, recycled, black, vegan leather top, 75% recycled aluminum body. So we're just seeing things just tweaked to make us just kind of relax into using them in the year forward. So in other words, uh, when you're on a Zoom call and you're saying, am I on mute? Am I on mute? It's going to be (laughs) a Dolby immersive blockbuster movie style experience. Yeah, and there's even AI being built into our best tech, so it'll help you figure that out so you don't get surprised as much. Uh, Case in point for that one, LG's G2 OLED Evo G series. I mean, these guys have been winning awards for their TVs forever, but this year they really present that pinnacle of OLED tech. It's the brand's brightest, most advanced 4K picture quality to date. It's really like bringing a cinema into your home, astonishing amounts of contrast and jaw-dropping color gamut, but then they're using AI to enhance image and sound quality to detect and enhance faces and objects. That's the first time we've seen that, and they just dropped the world's first 97-inch OLED 
because I guess there are times when bigger really is better. <laughs> in, ca- in case you want to have a, a jumbotron in your living room. <laughs> 97 inches and the perfect distance to be away from a screen that you're watching is two times that. So seriously, who has space that big in their house? However, at the same That's time, a, a friend of mine, his dad got a 65-inch HD TV wow. to watch the Super Bowl, the Bears Super Bowl in 2007, which at the time seemed excessive, but now it's the base model you see when you walk into Costco. Yeah, now you can get those for, I don't know, $100, $150 on Black Friday. Yeah, that that's crazy. The other thing that we're seeing, a, a kind of first uh, from this year, Samsung's never launched a phone, but they did this year at CES. It's the Galaxy S21 FE 5G. FE stands for Fan Edition because they pulled their fans, what are their favorite phone features, and then they combined them into a bit less expensive Fan edition. What's cool about this 6.4 inch dynamic display, flagship processing power, pro grade camera system, including the ability to record on the front and rear cameras at the same time. They call that the director's cut. And that's just really cool. And this is on sale really soon, January 11th, just under 700 bucks. Thank you very much, Jennifer Jolly, Tech Life columnist for USA Today and founder and editor-in-chief for Techish.com. Coming up next, Taco Bell launches a new Taco A Day subscription program. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Taco Bell is debuting a new program designed to drive more frequent visits by customers. Let's get the details from R.J. Hadavi, head of analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI, based in Chicago. R.J., thanks for joining us today. Is it safe to call this a uh, taco subscription program? Yeah, I think that's the right way to look at it. And it's something that we're seeing more and more across the quick service restaurant space. Uh, you got it right. I mean, the primary goal of this program is to drive greater frequency. And what's interesting to, to us, we've been tracking foot traffic across a lot of quick service restaurants. Uh, and generally speaking, traffic is still down. Visits are down compared to 2019. Uh, but with fewer restaurant options out there, uh, we're actually seeing more unique customers come to restaurants. So there's an opportunity, if you can grab these unique customers that are coming in for the first time or the first time in a long time and create greater frequency, I think that's really what's driving it. The other thing, too, is that these are uh, largely tied to the, uh, the the QSR company's apps. And so I think this is a greater way for them to get engagement through that digital platform uh, and potentially open up some new marketing opportunities as well. But I think it, calling a subscription plan is the right way to think about it. $10 a month, and you can order uh, three different, uh, I should say four different types of tacos uh one per day for 30 days straight on the chains app uh no matter where the the, the depending on the most re, or depending on where you are in the most uh the the closest restaurant to you um but this isn't the the first of its the, the first idea of its type uh Panera and Burger King have tried similar concepts with coffee yeah, that's where we've seen most of these subscription and kind of repeat visit type uh, platforms work most. And it makes sense because, you know, coffee platforms, you're going to typically visit a Starbucks or a Dunkin' or uh, Panera for coffee more often than you would for, you know, a, a traditional quick service restaurant. So that's why we've seen it in coffee first. But this is, a, it's interesting to start to see it, uh, you know, across other categories. Sweetening, for example, the, uh, the salad-based chain uh, just introduced a subscription platform as well. Um, and, and so we're starting to see more and more of it. And I think it just shows you that this space 
space has gotten a lot more competitive. We've seen fewer competitors, although probably not as many closures as we expected coming out of COVID. But uh, it's gotten more competitive. There's been industry consolidation, and you, you have to find a way to keep people coming back in. Uh, and so this is one way potentially to lock in consumers uh, with these kind of platforms. How quickly have uh, apps and rewards programs uh, taken over the quick service restaurant space? I'd say it's been slow and somewhat mixed. There's been some successes and some some programs that have had to be retooled. Um, you know, it's one of those cases where, as I mentioned, coffee is done okay because that is typically something where you see a lot of visits. Uh, you know, and you know, some cases you can see uh, upwards of 200, 250 visits a year for some of the most loyal customers for some of these chains. Um, but you know, in the quick service space, where it's typically more of a once or twice a month type transaction, uh, it's been a little bit tougher to catch on. But I, I think what we're starting to see uh, with digital ordering becoming so prevalent during the pandemic, I think that that's given a lot of these uh, chains an opportunity to revisit the platforms and understand what what consumers really want from them, what kind of offers, and how to you know, better tailor marketing events to do those. So I, I think uh, we're going to see more and more of these type opportunities, too. And, um, you know, it's, especially for the case, too, like Starbucks, where you can preload uh, a lot of the uh, the funds ahead of time into the mobile app. Uh, I think that that's a very attractive proposition for a lot of restaurant chains, too. So we'll probably see more of that in the, uh, the years to come. Thanks a lot, RJ Hadavi, head of analytical research at the foot traffic analysis firm Placer AI, based in Chicago. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. President Biden marking the anniversary of the assault in the U.S. Capitol by supporters of former President Trump saying democracy was attacked. A special report coming up from CBS News. Technology Thursday tracking the amazing advances in automotive tech on display at this year's Consumer Electronics Show. And younger workers may be missing a lot by not going into the office. Bears quarterback Justin Fields placed on the team's COVID reserve list. WBBM Business. The markets are mixed right now. The Dow is down 108 points. The NASDAQ is up 6. The S&P 500 is up 4. AccuWeather says times of sun and clouds, a biting cold wind. We have 12 degrees right now in Chicago at 1231. CBS News special report. President Biden marked one year since the January 6th assault on the U.S. Capitol with a fiery speech at the site of the insurrection. He rebuked the violence in former President Trump's attempts to overthrow the 2020 election that made Mr. Biden president. They failed. On this day of remembrance, we must make sure that such attack never, never happens again. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says not much has changed when it comes to those looking to wreak havoc. The attacks on our democracy are ongoing. If not by the force of baseball bats and pipe bombs, then certainly through a quieter and much more organized effort to subvert democracy from the bottom up. 
Political analyst of the University of Virginia, Larry Sabato. I doubt it will affect any of the um, pro-Trump people. They made up their minds a long time ago, and they believe Trump's lies. Trump, in his statement, still calling it a rigged election. CBS News Special Report. I'm Matt Piper. It's 1232 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are mixed today. We're joined by Vahan Janjigi and Chief Investment Officer of Greenwich Wealth Management based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, the notion of the Federal Reserve raising interest rates in 2022 was not exactly a surprise. And yet when those Fed minutes came out yesterday uh, from their meeting in mid-December, uh, investors had a little bit of a panic attack yesterday afternoon. They were concerned just about the rate of, or the speed at which uh, the Federal Reserve wanted to raise rates. Hi, Rob. Um, yes, you're right. Uh, that was one of the concerns. But I think a bigger concern is that um, the Fed has talked about tapering its bond purchases, which means that it's going to reduce the amount of bonds that it buys um, in addition to these interest rate hikes. But uh, this was the first time that we saw a uh, formal mention of of the possibility that the Fed may actually uh, sell bonds and reduce the size of its balance sheet. And I think that's what really worried investors. I think everybody um, understood that the Fed was going to start increasing the Fed funds rate. The first rate hike uh, is expected in March. Um, Everybody understood that the bond purchases would be tapered. But um, I don't think people really uh, expected the Fed to to reduce the size of its balance sheet. And it probably won't uh, until the very end of this year. So I think yesterday's sell-off was a bit of an overreaction. And when they talk about, I mean, even with the, the the interest rates were inevitable, but so was the tapering as well. And you mentioned this little bit of an overreaction, but uh, especially for something that, as you say, may not even happen in 2022. That's right. Well, the rate hikes will happen, um, but the uh, the sale or, or the reduction of the balance sheet, as you pointed out, will, will probably not happen in 2022, or if it does, at the very end of the year. However, the fact remains that the stock market has done incredibly well for a prolonged period of time. Um, And I think people were looking for excuses to sell. There are a lot of overvalued stocks out there, especially in the technology sector. Um, We're into January. So now if people sell uh, today, they don't have to worry about paying the taxes on those sales for another year. So um, I think it makes sense that we saw some of this profit taking, especially in those overvalued sectors. Um, There are a lot of other sectors, however, that remain very undervalued. Um, In fact, today we see that uh, the greatest strength in the stock market is coming from the Russell 2000, an index of small cap stocks, while the Dow is, you know, the Dow is down and uh, the S&P is relatively flat. So um, there are places to go, and I think a rotation is taking place. People are starting to realize that it makes sense to take profits in overvalued names and uh, perhaps start loading up on some of these cheaper stocks. I mean, obviously, if you are in the market, you want to limit your exposure as as much as you can uh, and reacting to events in real time. But the fact that the uh, the Fed is both tapering and talking about raising interest rates uh, after this aggressive bond buying program to rescue the economy nearly two years ago is a sign that the economy writ large is doing fairly well. Yes, that's right. The economy is doing very well. We see that in a, in a number of measures. Um, you know, I think GDP growth has been a little bit uh, weaker than I would have liked. But if you look at the labor market, the labor market's doing absolutely great. Uh, we recently saw that the uh, the quits rate is way up. Uh, this means that people are voluntarily quitting their jobs. And of course, 
you know, nobody does that unless they have something better to do. So um, I think uh, the economy is doing quite well. And and I think, you know, as I said, I think yesterday's reaction was a bit of an overreaction uh, to um, to rising rates. In fact, I was looking at some research uh, just before uh, I got on from Strategus Research Partners that shows that uh, the stock market on average has gone up about 8% in the first six months after after the first rate increase. So I, I think there's really no reason to uh, to get overly uh, fearful of a rate increase. Jobs, a report comes out tomorrow. Uh, very quickly, how do you think the uh, markets uh, will react, especially if the uh, BLS number is significantly lower than the ADP number released earlier this week? Well, I'm actually more concerned that it might be significantly better. Um, if it's uh, extremely strong, uh, that that could be bad news for stocks because uh, that pretty much guarantees that the Fed will start raising rates. Thank you very much for joining us this afternoon. Vahan Janjigian, Chief Investment Officer, Greenwich Wealth Management, based in Greenwich, Connecticut. Coming up next in Technology Thursday, the annual CES show in Las Vegas this week features some of the latest innovations for vehicles. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Technology Thursday, and there's a lot of automotive action at the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Let's learn more from John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv, based in Detroit. John, thanks for joining us today. Before we go into some of the uh, eye-popping features that are uh, on display or being talked about at CES this week, especially the color-changing car, it really does sound like the automotive industry has its uh, really making its mark at CES. And uh, is this always been the case or is this a recent trend? No, it's a recent trend, Rob. You know, uh, years ago when I first came to CES, all the automotive technologies was it was audio. It was woofers and tweeters and fancy speaker grills. It was, you know, nothing like it is today. But with the advent of electric cars, autonomous cars, connected cars, boy, I'd, I'd say automotive is practically stealing the headlines at the show here. And uh, let's talk about uh, BMW. Uh, their entry into CES is a color-changing car. So uh, if if your family, you or your spouse or your kids uh, all have a disagreement over what color that new car should be, uh, you can change that with the push of a button. Tell us about that. Well, uh, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot about it. I know it's here. I've been looking at so many other technologies. I haven't gotten to that. You know, it's still the morning here in, in Las Vegas, so I will get to that today. But you're right. You, you can push a button and change the color of your car. That's all I can tell you about it right now, and hopefully I can follow up with more details later. And then uh, infrared cameras, and that's especially uh, would be especially relevant to drivers on a day like today in Chicago, where uh, we have uh, temperatures right now, a very balmy 12 degrees at O'Hare, and a wind chill of three below, and that leads to uh, rather interesting pavement conditions. This infrared camera would be helpful to drivers who are dealing with ice and snow. Exactly right. So infrared, it, it's amazing. If a road is completely covered in snow, the infrared doesn't even know the snow's there. It can see exactly where the road is, and it can display that for you. So it looks to you like you're just driving along a snowy road. This makes sure you stay on the road. But even beyond that, at nighttime, it can see pedestrians or dogs or any other kind of thing. So it's a real safety plus. This is technology, by the way, from a company called Atasky that's out of Israel. Gentex uh, has this uh, driver and cabin monitor uh, for the occupants of the car. What kind of information would it, is it looking for? 
Yeah, Gentex is a, a company based in Holland, Michigan, that uh, is, they're, they're experts in mirrors. They do all kinds of cool stuff. So one of the things is they've got a camera in the rear view mirror of the car uh, so that you can take a selfie of yourself while you're driving down the road. And you can use the forward camera to capture where you're driving. Let's say, just for example, you're driving through Death Valley and you want to show your friends that you're going through this beautiful landscape. It will capture that. It will take a selfie of you and it will post it to social media automatically. And uh, one of the reasons they're doing this, of course, is to uh, reduce driver distraction. But it turns out in China, lots of people love to take selfies of themselves while they're driving. And as we know, that's just not a safe thing to do. So that's another cool technology we saw here. So, uh, this, the, like I said, this does uh, reduce a, uh, a certain level of uh, driver hazard. And then just in general, and as far as the, you know, the car technology is concerned, you mentioned uh, there's definitely a, an automotive industry uh, takeover at CES in recent years. Um, does it surprise you that more tech companies uh, that were displaying the woofers and tweeters at CES about a decade ago are now deciding to kick the tires on building cars themselves? for example, Sony? Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? Sony's get, trying to get, or thinking about getting into the automotive business. We would have never thought about something like that, you know, two or three years ago. So, uh, look, the tech business, you know, Silicon Valley is hyper-focused on automotive right now. They see enormous growth opportunities. And we're, so we're seeing a real synergy between traditional automotive and bleeding-edge tech. Well, thanks for joining us this afternoon. John McElroy, automotive industry analyst and host of Autoline.tv based in Detroit. Join us at this time tomorrow for Entrepreneur Friday and still to come, the impact of working from home on younger workers. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Younger people entering the workforce in the past two years have likely had a much different experience than the others who came on the job before them due to the remote workplace. Let's talk about that with Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thanks for joining us today. It sounds like an entry on the Beloit College mindset list, where you talk about the class of 2020, and that many of whom may not have actually set foot in an office or very rarely since they got their first full-time job out of school. Yeah, it's absolutely true. I I know of several situations where people have been actually recruited away, uh, gone through the process, gone through orientation, and been working in a company for a year and never actually have been in the building. It seems like there's a push-pull type of situation here where you have um, remote work as a benefit in this uh, very tight labor market, uh, something you can negotiate as part of your compensation, and yet it's beneficial, especially if you're a brand-new worker, to actually you know, see your coworkers face-to-face. Yeah, and that has to be communicated. There's certainly a huge loss of, of legacy information and knowledge and experience by not being in the organization interpersonally. Uh, there, there are things that happen, you know, across the lunchroom and water cooler that are useful to know, and there's a way to build relationships. And we understand that people ultimately don't quit. Uh, they, they, they quit their boss, and, they don't, and, and certainly the millennial and the younger generation quit or are less interested if they don't feel like they're making a contribution and are recognized and valued. So the traditional model of, you know, we hire you, you go through some training, and a couple of years from now, we might pay attention to you. 
that has to change in order to keep those people because otherwise your retention numbers for that population are going to go the wrong direction. And, and my recommendation would be to create programs and interests for that population on boarding that appeal to them, not necessarily directly to the organization, certainly should be a benefit for you. And one of the things that you might consider is taking a couple layers out of access out of the out of your company so that the new person isn't only reporting to a person one level senior of them, but actually has access to people who are, further, are farther, farther up the chain and have more experience and to put programs in place that show we care about you, we want you involved, and we're going to help you become better at this job and the next one ahead of it. And this seems like this this also seems like less of a uh, employee issue, but also a managerial issue that everything that you as a manager may have learned about uh, keeping an office together, you have to throw out that playbook and almost write a new one for the remote work generation. Yeah, you you really do. And I think that that's true up and down the the organization. And it's particularly true in manufacturing environments, which seems kind of counterintuitive when you know, you have to show up and, and work on the machines and work on the line to, to stay. But you can't, if you're treated as a cog, it, the, the, the market's good enough, you can walk across the street and get a different job. So it's about what does this person care about? Why would they want to stay here? And how can I make that part of our culture so that they will stay and feel valued and also learn? And that's going to be really tough on a Zoom call. And I think small, intimate environment, one-on-one uh, more direct access to senior people in the organization and more sort of onboard online coaching of those people about how can you be better at what you're doing and, and, and demonstrate that you care about them. It, it, it happens to be a win-win because companies that do that tend to be the most profitable in their sector. Thanks for joining us today. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. If you missed any part of today's show, you can go to our stream and just skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.